Thank you very much for that ministry in music, and thank you, Jack, for your report on the annual conference. Money is by no means bad, but the love of money is. 1 Timothy 6.9 states, But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pang. One doesn't need to be rich in order to be a lover of money, and being rich is no safeguard that one will not be a lover of money. As we look at our text this, this morning, if you are not there, I invite you to turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10. Ecclesiastes 5.10 is the key verse for this section. It states, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves abundance with its income. This too is vanity or meaningless. If you notice in verse 10, the word love is repeated twice. That's what the emphasis is upon this morning. The love of money. The word that is used here, there are 11 different Hebrew words that are translated into English as the word love, all speaking about different kinds and different degrees of love. In verse 10, the Hebrew word here is the most intensive word there is for love. It is that all-consuming desire and a passion. All-consuming desire and passion. The person who has an all-consuming desire and passion for wealth, according to this text, will never have enough. (coughs) They will never be content, never be satisfied. The one who sets his or her deepest affections and desires upon money will be supremely disappointed. It says this too is meaningless or vanity. This morning we are going to take a cursory look at the reasons why the person whose supreme desire is the accumulation of wealth will be supremely disappointed. There are five reasons. Crown Financial Ministries gives six basic reasons why people accumulate wealth. One, other people advise it. Two, envy of others. Three, it is a game, just the excitement of trying to accumulate wealth. Four, it boosts self-esteem. Five, to guard against the future for protection. And then sixth, the love of money. Not that the love of money doesn't spill into those other categories, but the love of money is on a different plane. So we want to look at a healthy reminder this morning to guard our hearts against the love of money. Five reasons why 
the person who has a supreme desire in accumulating wealth will be supremely disappointed. Reason number one, the one who sets his deepest affections and desires upon money will be supremely disappointed because with increased possessions comes increased expense. Notice Ecclesiastes 5.11. When good things increase, those who consume them increase. In verse 11, we're talking about the increase of possessions. Notice verse 11, it's saying things, good things. There's nothing wrong with the things that are being accumulated. These are good things. And we can accumulate many, many good things. Houses are good things. Cars are good things. Books are good things. Computers are good things. There's a host of things that we could spend our money on, all of which in and of themselves are good. There's nothing wrong with them. But with the accumulation of possessions comes an accumulation of expense. Those things have to be maintained. Those things we have to pay taxes on. Those things have an ongoing drain upon our financial resources. It's like the New Testament, where in the parable, the rich man who has his barn full of goods tears down his barn in order to build a bigger barn to house even more goods. So there is that expense that is associated with the gathering of possessions. Michael Jackson, before his death in 2009, was recognized as the most successful entertainer of all time by Guinness Book of World Records. In 1991, he signed a record uh, recording contract worth just under one billion, with a B, one billion dollars. Now think about that. 1991, one billion dollars. Well, Michael Jackson went on a spending spree, as he was wont to do, and purchased many, many things. Among them, he purchased Neverland Ranch in 1988 for the price of 17 million dollars. Its ground contained a zoo, an amusement park, a movie theater, a railroad line, helicopter pads, and its own fire department. It is recorded that it required 10 million dollars a year just to maintain it. 10 million dollars a year just to maintain it. In 2007, Michael Jackson filed for bankruptcy after not being able to pay back a $25 million loan on his Neverland ranch. Now think about that. $1 billion in 1991 and bankruptcy in 2007. Even after signing a billion-dollar recording contract and selling more than 750 million records, Jackson had 
left just, now get this, just five one-hundredths of one percent of that one billion dollars. Five one-hundredths of one percent. Less than one percent. Five one-hundredths of one percent. And that's why he had to declare bankruptcy. Lesson? No matter your income or personal net worth, you cannot overextend yourself by taking on more debt or financing a grander grander lifestyle than you can afford. The temptation is always present to live beyond our means. And that temptation doesn't end by making more money. As you make money, the toys just get more expensive, more costly, and more difficult to maintain. So, we need to be on guard. With increased possessions come increased expenses. The second reason that one is not to set their deepest affections and desires upon money, why they will be supremely disappointed is because with increased wealth becomes increased worry. The man who works every day for his living has a rest, Ecclesiastes 5.12, the sleep of the working man is pleasant, whether he eats little or much, but the full stomach of the rich man does not allow him to sleep. I know an individual, doesn't attend our church, a relatively good friend, has seven different businesses and uh, is doing quite well, very lucrative. And uh, I had talked to him about his businesses and how they were doing, and uh, I I said to him, well, is it to bring you a great deal of joy? And he said, well, to be honest, the more money I make, the more difficult it becomes uh, to uh, rest. He said, uh, the uh, opportunities for failure are so huge. Henry Winkler, maybe that name is familiar to you. He was the Fonzie on Happy Days. Just last month, he was interviewed and was asked the question, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned about money? His response was, I've definitely not learned it yet, but I need to worry less about money. But given how cold the business has become, it can be hard not to worry. There is no continuum in terms of jobs, and you always have to graft really hard to get your next contract. I've been in business for more than 40 years. And I'm still auditioning for parts. Henry Winkler. I haven't learned how to not worry about money. For many, with the accumulation of things, comes the accumulation of debt. And debt and the process of paying it off can quickly destroy any pleasure that that item produced. In a moment, you're able to expend or put it on a credit card, or take out a loan and you have it, but then you've got years and years and years of paying it off. And it quickly is destroyed or rusts or fades or wears out many times while one is still paying it off. It becomes an albatross around our necks. Live within your means is a lesson that has to be learned at every income level. 
every income level. And there is nothing, well, I shouldn't say that. That's an overstatement. But it certainly is a grievous hardship at night to lay awake and wonder how are you going to pay your bills. It is a reason for staying awake at night. Third, the one who sets his deepest affections and desires upon money will be supremely disappointed because with increased wealth comes the, comes the possibility of increased danger. Ecclesiastes 5.13 There is a grievous evil which I have seen under the sun, riches being hoarded by their owner to his hurt. What hurt can come to one who hoards money? Well, 1 Timothy 16 says the love of money is the root of all evil. There is a temptation. There are sins that one can easily enter into when one has a supreme desire for wealth and abundance, such as lying, cheating on your income tax, stealing, bezzling, all kinds of temptations are out there with a person who is not satisfied with their wealth or with their possessions. To hoard is to seek to, to gather and gather and gather and put your arms around and hold on to uh, for dear life. Many of you might remember the name Bernie Madoff. Uh, he is an American stockbroker, now in jail. At the age of 71, he is serving a 150-year term imprisonment. So well, I think it's fair to say he's got a life imprisonment from now forward. He defrauded investors in his account of $65 billion over 15 years. So over 15 years, he defrauded his investors of $65 billion. But now here's the most fascinating statistic to me. Prior to Bernie Madoff's arrest, his net worth was approximately 17 billion, again with a B, 17 billion dollars. Why would a person who had a net worth of 17 billion dollars be stealing money from somebody else? And it is that one reason and one reason alone, according to the SEC uh, authorities that were doing the investigation, were responsible for the oversight of, of his transactions. The one reason that he got away with it for 15 years is that no one ever thought that a person with $17 billion would be stealing money. Why? 
would he need to do that? Answer, obviously, there wasn't a need. But yet, there was something within him that compelled him to do so. Shirley Weinstein, that is Bernie Madoff's mistress, wrote a book entitled Madoff's Other Secret Love, Money, Bernie, and Me. Madoff's Other Secret Love, Money, Bernie, and Me. In that book, she speaks of Bernie's love for her, and of course, she's a mistress, so that's totally inappropriate, and his love for money. She said of Bernie Madoff, he could never get enough. Never get enough. Look at Ecclesiastes 5.10. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money. You never, ever get enough. The great myth lie that we are encountering is that people think that at some point they're going to make enough money to be content. That they're finally going to make enough money that they are going to be satisfied. Henry Ford was asked the question when uh, at one point the workers for Ford Motor Company went out on strike. Henry Ford was asked the question, how much money will it take to satisfy the workers? His response was, just a little more. Just a little more. That's the tendency. That's the struggle that we all face. Just a little more. But never to be content. Never to be satisfied. Number four. The one who sets his deepest affections and desires upon money will be supremely disappointed because with increased wealth comes the possibility of increased loss. Ecclesiastes 5.14. When those riches were lost through a bad investment and he had fathered a son, there was nothing to support him. When those riches were lost through a bad investment, he fathered a son and there was nothing to support him. You know, one of those reasons that was given by Crown Financial Services as to why people hoard money is for protection, for the idea that you want to store up money against a rainy day. Again, myth number two. It is impossible, no matter how much money you accumulate, to guarantee that you have enough money for all that one could face or encounter. Lay not up for yourselves riches on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. When there are things that eat it away, when there are things that take it away, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth does not corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal because people steal money as well. Next week I'm going to be talking about money again because it's in the text. Money is, uh, next week it's positive, about the positive side of money and there are positive sides, we need money. 
we need money to live. So we're not against money this morning, but the idea here is this love of money, which is tremendously destructive. And in this instance, in verse 14, it's a person who had money, had a bad investment, lost everything, and now has nothing to support his child. Verse 15 and 16, he came naked from his mother's womb, slowly will return as he came. He will take nothing from the fruit of his labor that he can carry in his hand. This also is a grievous evil. Exactly as a man is born, thus will he die. So what is the advantage to him who toils for the wind? I talked about Madoff, Bernie Madoff. I talked about an investment fund that he had. $65 billion, I said, that he um, stole from investors. There was one investor, a Frenchman, whose name I'm not even going to begin to try to attempt. Okay, I, Some French guy okay, um, lost... billion, again with a B, I I can't fathom a billion dollars, but $1.4 billion this man lost in investments with Bernie Madoff. Needless to say, $1.4 billion was all that he had. Can you imagine losing $100 Excuse me, $1.4 billion. Michael Jackson spent a billion dollars. That's one huge problem. But this guy had saved it. This guy had invested it. This guy had put it away for a rainy day. This was his future. This was his protection. This was his hard work. And it was stolen from him. $1.4 billion. Not to be replaced. So what did he do? Answer? He committed suicide. He took his life. When he lost that money, he lost everything. And he no longer had any reason to live. And he took his own life. Reason number five, the one who sets his deepest affection and desires upon money will be supremely disappointed because wealth cannot satisfy our most significant needs. Money cannot satisfy our most significant needs. You have heard it said, money cannot buy love. No, but it can buy a spouse. It can buy a spouse. And uh, there are many people that actually marry for money. And I was kind of surprised that, uh, you know, I did all this research on the Internet, obviously. That's how I found these various examples and different things. And I was just amazed at how many articles now and books are out on the wisdom and value of marrying for money. It is... It is the new counsel. It is the new advice. It's women, you know, especially. Uh, idea is marry for money. Not that, that uh, women are bad. I'm not saying that at all. But, but uh, it's the woman's advice, you know. Pretty 
uh, women marrying rich old guys. And, uh, you know, that is pretty sad. And I don't think it's going to bring much happiness to life. Happiness to life. One doesn't need to watch the news very long or read the headlines of such magazines as People to realize that the rich and famous are not necessarily happy because of all that they possess. Their divorces, their addictions, their troubles. Marty Sheen, you could go on and on with with examples. Um, Their lives are a wreck. Remember the verse that we just looked at in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 that said that uh, the rich man uh, is not able to sleep, but the poor man uh, is able, or the man that labors, uh, rests just fine. People aren't happy. Michael Jackson, okay, obviously he had a, a lot to uh, worry about. As, as I think about Michael Jackson, he could be the poster child for every one of these points. Every one of them fits his life. Uh, as you think of these five reasons as why uh, money can disappoint. But when you, when you think about this, his unhappiness, when you think about his vexation, his sickness, his anger, that really typifies Michael Jackson. Uh, he had a huge, huge temper. He had a lot of illness. He had a lot of anxiety. And the man simply could not sleep, which was ultimately the cause of his death. Because he got to the place where he could not sleep to such a degree that sleeping pills had no effect. No effect whatsoever. And he was wired. He just could not go to sleep. And so every night, now now get this, every night when he laid down and wanted to get some rest, he took anesthesia. And it was that overdose of anesthesia that ultimately caused Michael Jackson's death. But think about that. Man, I just had anesthesia not too long ago. And I'll tell you, when you wake up from anesthesia, you're not perky. (laughs) You're not uh, ready for the day. Uh, You're not even all there. I remember when they were first waking me up and they were asking me questions and and my my head's reeling and I'm trying to think. These were simple questions and I couldn't come up with the answers. I didn't know and I didn't care. Michael Jackson, every night, going to bed under anesthesia. Money can't satisfy. Now, I never preached a more simple message in my life. I don't think there's anything there that's hard to understand. I never preached a message in which I had just... Such abundance of illustrations. In fact, I got more of them written down here, but I, I didn't go into all of them. Mike Tyson, 
lost a ton of money. And, and there are just so many celebrities. All of the things. They're example, 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 example. Because it is such a pervasive problem. Well, it's easy to focus on the rich and famous, the celebrities, and take pot shots at them. But I say to you that we're all vulnerable. We're all vulnerable. Living beyond our means is a temptation for each and every one of us. And what we need to keep in focus is that that temptation never goes away. If you get an increase in pay, then there's just the temptation to go out and spend that increase. You get new friends. You get new things. No matter how nice a house you buy, there's a nicer house out there. And there are TV shows. Uh, there are channels that are dedicated to the whole aspect of these, these homes. I've seen you know, some of those, those shows. One of them is million-dollar rooms. Not million-dollar homes, million-dollar rooms. Rooms in one home that cost a million dollars. Some of them, I saw one show where one room cost $30 million dollars. $30 million with a room. So, you know, if you make $10 million and your next door neighbor's got a $30 million room, all of a sudden that makes your house look shabby. And all of a sudden you've got a shack and they've got, uh, they've got something great. The idea here is we need to learn contentment. We need to learn satisfaction. We need to learn about what is really important in life. And Solomon said, Solomon said, who himself was the richest man on the face of the earth? That it's vain. It doesn't satisfy. Solomon was anything but content in any aspect of his life. And so he had 700 wives and 300 concubines and that didn't satisfy him. That didn't make him happy. You see, satisfaction and happiness is not found in anything that money can buy. It's only found in Jesus Christ. Next week, we'll talk about the positive aspects of money. Let's pray. Our Father, uh, help us. For this is an area that we all struggle. It's a temptation that's common to man that we are discontent with what we possess. It's easy as we think about countries like Bangladesh, like many third world countries that have absolutely nothing, and, and any of us today would be incredibly rich in compared to, to them. And yet we know many that are incredibly rich in compared to us. Uh, but Lord, uh, help us to remember that that one new thing that last possession is not ultimately going to satisfy us and won't be long till we're discontent with that, that new thing that we just bought and somehow we have to pay for it, somehow we have to maintain it, somehow we have to keep it up, and it drains us. It drains us. So, Lord, refresh us. I pray for any this morning who are really struggling, uh, anxious, worried, about their financial position. We certainly don't minimize difficulties of people who have lost jobs or through 
uh, physical ailments have in, uh, incurred incredible amounts of, of debt. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray for them. I pray you would help them. I pray that you would encourage them. I, I pray that you would release them from this and that you might uh, help them uh, get out of that, that debt and that frustration. But I pray that you would help us all search our, our own hearts and minds about the, the whole aspect of, of contentment, of, of satisfaction. Lord, help us to rejoice and truly be thankful for what you have provided us with. Uh, Lord, help us to take time to count our blessings and to realize, Lord, how fortunate we are as a people. May we view life through eyes other than our possessions. May we think about our, our children. May we think about our health. May we think about our relationship to you and the promise of eternal life. Oh, Lord, help us to see the riches that we all have. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.